Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, the uh, Doug Ford government made it official uh, yesterday. The uh, government, of course, uh, made this promise during the election campaign. They've decided to halt the planned increase to the minimum wage that was scheduled for next year. Uh, And there are some ramifications to that and some people scratching their heads because of some of the data that has become available to us uh, since June. Tom Cooper, the director for the Hamilton Roundtable for Poverty Reduction, joins us to talk about this. Uh, Thanks for coming in today. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you, Bill. I've got to tell you up front, I I know what was said during the campaign, Mm -hmm. but there have been a couple of studies that have been released subsequent to that uh, that have indicated that, yeah, you know, about the, all that stuff about people are going to lose jobs and we're going to shut down. The total opposite has happened. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we've seen phenomenal growth here in Ontario. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm going around shopping, going into uh, re- retail outlets or, or fast food places, there's always signs up, help wanted. Um, so this hasn't had a negative impact on the inter- Ontario economy. Raising the minimum wage by uh, two dollars and forty cents, as it, as it was in January, has had a very positive impact on on spending. People are who were, uh, you know, quite frankly, struggling, uh, have a little bit more disposable income now to buy uh, goods and, and guess services. what? They're spending it in those businesses. They are, and that's helping to create jobs, and that's helping to create growth. And so to turn around now and say you're going to freeze the minimum wage is absolutely the opposite of what you want to do. Well, it's a philosophical decision. I mean, that's what it came down to. I mean, because the numbers simply say that this actually helped the economy. It does. Uh, Businesses up. Now, I know I'm going to hear from small businesses, so it hurt. It It might have. There's never a 100% either good or bad on situations like this. But numbers from the conference board and other uh, institutions that don't have a political bent have all said that, yeah, you know, that was much ado about nothing, that this was going to kill the economy. Yeah. Uh, The businesses are up. Job creation has been up. uh, and, And you'd think, you know what? This is riding the cried. I'd love to see a politician say, you know what, I, that's what I thought, but this is the reality. Let's give this a shot. But he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, and I, I think this is a story we've seen uh, before, particularly over the last couple of months, where despite lack of evidence to the contrary, uh, they are saying that uh, they are uh, you know, not interested in looking at the data. And we had this with the basic income pilot project where we know people were thriving on the program. We've seen it with the minimum wage. There's 1.7 million people in Ontario who received a, wa- a wage increase as a result of the increase uh, in January. And they are doing much better, but they're still not escaping poverty completely. And and so that's why we needed to increase uh, the minimum wage up to $15 and then increase it by inflation after that. Um, to, to freeze it at $14, I think, is going to have a negative impact, not only on those families who are are already struggling and trying to make ends meet. Uh, many workers are out there uh, working two or three part-time jobs, not getting enough hours, but at least with a little bit more of a hourly wage, you can you can start to uh, meet the needs of yourself and your family. Um, but to to freeze that fourteen dollars, uh, people are going to start falling back again into into desperate situations, and we have a, a serious problem with precarious employment, with working poverty in this province. And uh, this uh, decision by the provincial government just makes me scratch my head. Most people that are on minimum wage uh, and earning that uh, 
don't take that extra increase and go buy GICs. Uh, they don't. It, they can't afford to. They need it to live yep. day to day. Yep. So they spend it. So all these, for instance, these grocery store chains that were saying, oh, we're going to have to lay people off. That's what's going to be here. Uh, they go spend it at those grocery stores. Those grocery stores are doing fine, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, you know, Metro and all these other places that thought they were going to be massive layoffs. It, it just didn't come to pass. And, and uh, the concern that you've got right now is if you're going to freeze this and the cost of living continues to rise, and it will, uh, they're behind the eight ball again. Yeah. And and the alternative I want to talk to you about as well, because yesterday uh, the minister in charge uh, suggested uh, that uh, what Mr. Ford had promised on the campaign was probably going to happen, was they're going to offer tax breaks for, uh, for low income. Uh, first of all, when you do the math, uh, the tax break's not nearly as much as the, the minimum wage increase is, so they lose right off the bat. The other element to that, of course, is it depends on whether or not you qualify for the tax break. Exactly. And we know with uh, an increase of $1 in the minimum wage from $14 to $15, that puts $1,800 in workers' pockets uh, over the course of a year. The tax break Mr. Ford is talking about only provides $800 a year. And, and so already people are, are falling further behind. And you're absolutely right. Uh, some workers may not qualify for it. And you know, here again, is it better uh, to ensure that we all, you know, pay our fair share, including businesses who, you know, uh, some may argue and some may be struggling. You're absolutely right. But as a whole, Ontario businesses right now are making more money than they ever have. And uh, the economy is stronger than it has been. And um, I think workers need to have some of those benefits passed on to them because they have been struggling for far too long. Well, there's another element to this, and I've talked to people that are in the, the situation, some of them working a couple of jobs to try to make ends meet and pay the rent and, and buy some groceries. And and governments, not just this one, but other governments that have said, well, we're going to give you some tax breaks on this. It doesn't help them because that's when you do your taxes. That's, that's once a year. You look at that and say, okay, I might get a little bit of money back. But what about now? I mean, you know, this is the end of the month. The rent's due. Yeah. I need that money now. I don't want to wait until February when I file my taxes. It's not going to do me any good then if I get kicked out of the apartment because I don't have the money. They need it on it every two weeks. They need that increase, and that's not going to happen now. Yeah, exactly. And we know uh, the housing situation is is very serious. Uh, we're in, we're in crisis for many uh, many low income earners and many people on fixed incomes simply can't afford the the rent increases we've been seeing in Hamilton. Hamilton's actually had one of the highest rent rental increases uh, anywhere in, in the country over the last few years. Um, well, you guys just did a forum on that. We did, we did. We brought together uh, municipal candidates who are running in, in this uh, October's election and uh, gave them a briefing on a number of uh, housing-related issues from uh, uh, from how to get new affordable housing built in, in Hamilton to looking at protecting tenants uh, from getting kicked out of affordable units and, and preventing homelessness. Um, so these all combine really to in, to really encourage the government to continue uh, the direction it was moving in, uh, to in, improve the minimum wage, improve other social programs so people can afford those basic necessities in life. Uh, look at Alberta. Uh, they are, their economy is getting stronger again. They've also just increased their minimum wage to $15 an hour. And again, uh, restaurants, uh, small retail outlets are, are doing very well. And, you know, those are the sectors that hire the vast majority of, of low wage workers. And, and they're actually seeing benefits from having 
increases in the minimum wage. It's it's a double whammy, I guess, and what's concerning an awful lot of people. I mean, when they they killed the guaranteed income project, uh, that was bad enough because it's left a whole lot of people high and dry. Now they still haven't decided whether or not they're going to try to make them whole. We'll see what happens. Obviously, somebody's got to have to make an announcement about that sooner than later. But but for folks that are thinking, hey, but there's some relief, maybe I can climb out of this hole. Where's their hope now? Yeah, the the hope certainly hasn't been present from this uh, current provincial government. Uh, it's great to talk about about tax breaks. It's it's great to look at reducing uh, the cost of, uh, cost of gas uh, for for low wage workers. But we know a lot of wo- low wage workers can't even afford cars. Um, you know they're taking public transit, and uh, so how do we make life more affordable for them? And certainly in improving uh improving their wages which you know had been uh increased a, a very modest amounts over the last five or six years until january uh when we saw an increase of two dollars and forty cents um you know was was really wreaking havoc with people's lives being able to balance paying paying rent uh buying medication uh for themselves and their kids because a lot of low-wage workers don't have benefits plans and and so when it comes to getting sick and getting medication that has to come out of their pocket out, out of their out of their paycheck uh we know many families are struggling with childcare. we know many families uh simply don't have the financial resources to meet all their basic needs and are falling deeper and deeper into debt as a result. Um, so by increasing the minimum wage, we're, we're actually not only improving the bottom lines of those workers, we're enabling them to buy the things they need in their lives, the goods and services, the food, the rent, uh, the other essentials, and and ensuring that they're not falling into debt, which could lead to far worse economic situations for individuals and societies down the road. Well, when we were talking, then going back to the uh, the Guaranteed Income Project, uh, I mean, you brought a couple of folks in here that were part of the program a couple of months ago before it got canceled. Uh, and one of them was telling a wonderful story about the fact that, you know, the, the money that they had right now, they actually used towards tuition to go back to school and get, improve their their skills and their working hours. So, so sh- you know, I won't need this eventually. Well, now that individual's just—they're out in the cold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've we've heard from the provincial government that the basic income pilot will continue until March thirty-first, uh, which I think they only agreed to because of the out, outstanding pressure we've seen right across the province and and from leaders here in here in Hamilton as well. Um, but certainly, people who are promised a three-year. Um, project uh, to have that cut out from under them is, is incredibly unfair but but it also uh, it, it laid waste to many of the plans they had uh, to go back to school to improve the, their lives to get additional training so they could get better jobs well I talked to the folks here some of the people on the program here we talked to the coordinator from Lindsay which was one of the other test sites yeah and I got to tell you Tom nobody was saying oh thank God now I can you buy that condo in Florida <laughs> that's not where they were going with this no no they were trying to stabilize their housing um, so so some people did move to to more uh, safer uh, more uh, sustainable housing, uh, but no, nobody was getting a mortgage out of the deal. It was it was really about trying to uh, uh, provide yourself with a financial foundation so you can move on and and really escape poverty. And that's what this was all about. The basic income was testing whether people could move out of poverty, get healthier, eat better food um, in in terms of uh, healthier. Uh, 
um, you know, sort of non, uh, non-high-carb, cheap food that uh, people living in poverty are often forced to have. And as a result, that wreaks havoc with their health as well. So basic income was, was really beneficial from that perspective. But the other incredible thing about basic income was we know 70% of participants were actually working. They just weren't earning enough at their jobs to, to make ends meet and pull themselves or their families out of poverty. And that's, you know, why it, it's really questionable how you can cancel a basic income pilot at the same time as you're <laughs> canceling an increase to the minimum wage because both aspects are, are going to have far uh, more detrimental effects on workers and the health of communities. And listen, there's always pushback on this, and, and I'll, I'll get emails and tweets about this saying, oh, you're just trying to, you know, picture and, 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 and color that the, the PCs as a bunch of cold-hearted SOBs that don't care. And, and I'm not doing that at all. I know that, P, that they have their best interest for the province, et cetera. But there's a, there's a disturbing narrative here, Tom, mm-hmm. even just since they've taken office. Uh, you're not going to get that increase from the minimum wage. Uh, that uh, guaranteed income program, that's gone. Uh, they've even canceled the increases for social assistance programs that yep. were scheduled to take a kick into place in the next uh, year as well. Yep. Uh, and it's it's basically that that narrative that's developing here right now with these announcements is basically if you're one of these people that are challenged in this province, and there is a lot of them, uh, too bad. Yep. You're on your own. Yep. And, and that's not right. I, I, I'm all for doing something about the debt, and we all know that the previous government uh, was time to go. We yep. all know that for a variety of reasons. But at the same time, there's not just a financial responsibility, but you've got a moral responsibility to look after the well-being of, of people in this province that are doing their damnedest to try to, to, to better themselves. If you're truly going to be a government for the people, then you have to be a government for all the people. And that includes people who are struggling. And um, people particularly uh, who are working at minimum wage jobs are doing everything we tell them to do. They're, they're out there, they're, they're, they're finding work, uh, they're maybe working two or three part-time jobs. They're just not earning enough at those jobs to make ends meet. And, and to throw them under the bus um, when they're doing everything they should be is, is reprehensible. Um, let's try to lift everybody up, but you know, if we're going to start Let's start with the people who need our help. Um, Certainly not the big corporations who already have some of the lowest tax rates anywhere in the world. Let's start with the people who need the help. Let's increase the minimum wage. Let's uh, Let's get that additional economic activity going. And, and see what it does for our economy. It, the first six months of 2018 already showed that a $2.40 increase in the minimum wage was doing wonders for the economy. Think of what could have happened if it had gone up to 15. But there are numbers here that already substantiate that. That's one of the things that I think that bothers me and, and some of the others that have seen some of these announcements is, is I understand that there's a, a, a political philosophy at play here. Every party that gets elected has their own political philosophy. But there are hard and fast numbers. There is data here that basically saying that's not really the direction we should be going in now. Yeah. The, um, the, data, the data I'm looking at, you know, and we have here in Hamilton and, and right across the province, we have a lot of great employers who've, who've committed on their own. Uh, to increase wages, and they're part of the living wage initiative. Uh, living wage is a bit of a different calculation than minimum wage. It's based on the actual cost of living, uh, based in in local communities on what workers need to earn at their jobs to to make ends meet. 
And and we've seen many employers step up because they want to be part of the solution. They want uh, to ensure that their workers can meet their basic needs and also contribute uh, not only to the local business, uh, which helps their bottom line, uh, because workers who are earning more are, are happier, they're more productive, and they stay involved. Um, it, it also helps the local economy, as we've talked about, though. When, when workers are earning more, that's money spent locally on goods and services. It's helping to drive economic growth. And, and so if the government isn't willing to talk to those business owners who, who have committed uh, to, to pay living wages, um, I'm, I'm not really sure what their end objective is in all of this. Um, it's great to uh, it, it, it's great to have lower tax rates, yeah. But if, um, if if we're paying on the other side in in additional health costs because we know people who are experiencing poverty get sicker, if we're paying uh, because people are are becoming homeless because they can't afford their rents, um, these all have huge costs for society down the road, and we're not helping ourselves in the end. Well, the, and again, it was bothersome. Even when the, the previous government announced that this was going to be happening, and this was the, the first wage increase that kicked in at the beginning of this year, uh, the corporate response I, was bothersome. Uh, and, and let's face it, I'll name names. Tim Hortons was maybe one of the most egregious. You know, you, you're you not going to get your benefits anymore. You're going to have to pay for your uniforms. You're going to have to – and, like, where's the compassion? Yeah. And and you expect that from the government. And, and yeah, you know, the government's going to have to make some tough financial choices here. We get that. But why is it always the low income and the challenge people that seem to bear the brunt of, of that? And I think even Tim Hortons acknowledges now that they were wrong. Yeah. Uh, they're acknowledging that the increase in the minimum wage actually has had a positive effect on, on their local business because more people are going in buying coffee. And and that's helping to drive drive their economic uh, case as well. And, you know, you, you drop by a Tim Hortons anywhere around – more times than not, you're going to see a sign in the window saying uh, full-time, part-time positions available, apply within. And we're seeing all of the, these signs at all sorts of retail outlets. Um, so I, I think the, the knee-jerk reaction often from, from business is that this is going to hurt us. Uh, well, we said that from the Ontario Chamber. Exactly. But at the same time, we know there are very positive side benefits to increasing wages, and, and it helps the economy as a whole. And we've seen it in, in a few places in the States. We're seeing it now in Alberta. Ontario's falling behind. And, you know, we were, we were leading um, in, in many of these discussions, uh, you know, a short time ago on, on basic income, on increasing the minimum wage, and, and now we've dropped the ball on both of those. And, and so people are scratching their heads. And, and wondering what's next. Tom Cooper, thanks as always. Great to see you again. Let's keep the, uh, the discussion going. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.